Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Treacherous as a serpent, wily as a fox, faithful as a dog, wise as an owl. This is all common currency from the accepted coinage of our daily speech. And yet, who is to say these are true statements? Where are the facts, the figures, the documents? Like so much else these days, couldn't it all be a public relations ploy? What are serpents, foxes, owls, and dogs really like when you get to know them? And not just as animals, which is the way we know them now, but as equals. Doctor, I was told I would be through here in an hour. I'm sorry for the delay. For me, this is the busiest time of the busiest day of the year. I'm sorry. May I use your phone? No. No. But someone in my office has something very important to tell me. No one has anything of greater importance to tell you than I have. What's that? You're going to die, Mr. Skipworth. You're going to die. Our mystery drama, Change of Heart, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dunn and stars Louis Turenne. I'll be back shortly with Act One. By the time he was 33, Alexander the Great had conquered the world, which really isn't saying much, because it was mostly all of Greece, parts of Persia, pieces of what are now Egypt and Turkey, and some mountain passes into India. On the other hand, we have Roger K. Skipworth, who at 41 has virtually conquered vast territories that Alexander never heard of, and by tactics Alexander never dreamed of. Alexander prevailed with fire and steel. Roger is armed only with pieces of paper. Roger K. Skipworth doesn't lose very many. But watch closely. He's about to drop a big one. Yes? Mr. Skipworth, please. Is Mr. Skipworth expecting you? Mr. Skipworth should always be expecting me. My name is Millicent Sanford. Millicent Sanford? Oh, you must be Miss Sanford. Mr. Skipworth's fiancé. Exactly. And you're here to see Mr. Skipworth? Precisely. You may announce me. Uh, you, you see, Miss Sanford... Well, this is... Sort of an awkward situation. Sort of awkward, Miss... Uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Speckle. I've heard of slightly awkward or completely awkward, but sort of awkward. Well, you see, it's 10.30. Yes. And Mr. Skipworth has an iron-bound rule. Absolutely no one is to be announced between 10 and 11. He told me straight out, not even the President of the United States. Well, I'm more important than the President. I... Uh... Come, Mrs. Speckle, live dangerously. Just lift the phone. See? Nothing to it. Yes, I told you I'm not to be disturbed. Uh, yes, sir, I, I understand, but uh, Miss Sanford is here. What? Oh. oh. I'm up to my neck here. Uh, tell her... Uh, just let me 
excuse me. Please, Miss Stanford, you can't go in. Debating whether or not to see me, are you, Roger? See, I've just solved your little dilemma for you. Now, Millicent, my dear. Thank you, I will sit down. I was caught off guard. It's just that you never come to the office. And this is my absolutely most hectic time of day. This thing simply will not stop ringing. Yes. I know we offered him more, Pruitt. But at the closing, make him take 5% less. He has to swallow it. Right. Well, I'm surprised to see you today, my darling. Why? Because we have the dinner party this evening. I was in the neighborhood on an errand. Excuse me. Yes? No. I'm convinced we can force the stock down quite a bit lower before we buy it. And Aaron? I want to talk to you about tonight's dinner party. What do you want to tell me? Cancel it. Cancel it? But we decided to give the party in order to officially announce our wedding date. We're going to cancel the wedding, too. Who is? I am. Excuse me for just a minute. No. Please, permit me. <laughs> Mrs. Speckle, no more calls until further notice. Thank you. I can't have her hold up my calls at this hour of the day. Very well. I shall just leave this here and say goodbye. Why, that's the ring. That's your engagement ring. Yes. That ring, it's 20 carats. Oh, yes. Every bit of it. You were talking about wearing it always on your finger. That's what it was designed for. No one should be foolish enough to wear expensive jewelry these days. Then why did you buy it? Obviously for an investment. Oh, see, Roger, you never lose. In six months, I'm sure it is appreciated very nicely. Wait, wait, Millicent. You say you want to break our engagement. Why? Why did we become engaged in the first place? We were brought together by well-meaning mutual friends. Mm. We appeared to be an ideal match. Mm. We were both single, both successful. Well, didn't it? Doesn't it make sense? Perhaps I was becoming a bit lonely. And you, Roger, what about you? Me? Why? I, I... I have been engaged to you for six months. And I cannot, for the life of me, determine what you would want with a wife. What are you looking for, Roger? Certainly not companionship. <laughs> we spend so very little time together. I'm a very busy man. But you're not busy doing things that interest me. Do you realize I head an international conglomerate? Right now, I want intimacy. A very special intimacy. It will never be as important in my life as it can be during these few years. And there's practically none of it between us. Millicent... I shall work very hard to try to find time. You want to marry because your friends are married? Because it's the thing to do? Because you need it for your image? Or is it perhaps that certain rumors and suspicions may attach themselves to a man who remains a bachelor? You're looking at your watch. I am not. Well, well, the fact is, right now... They're setting the price of gold in London. Well, why don't you call up and find out? I have nothing more to say. Hang it all, Millicent. I hear what you're saying. I admit I can be very busy sometimes. But the fact is, I, I haven't been feeling first rate for a while now. Goodbye, Roger. I have the right to know why you're breaking our engagement. I told you the reason. There has to be a tangible reason. Very well. Since you insist. I cannot marry you because you are a pig. A what? A pig. How? 
Can you say such a thing? Oh, wait. You don't look like one. You're attractive, beautifully dressed, perfectly groomed, and spotlessly clean. Nonetheless, you are a pig. Why? Because you behave like one. What does a pig do all day? He eats and eats. He eats anything and everything that comes his way in the barnyard. A pig is a belly that walks on four feet. He has only one aim in life. Fill that belly. There's no need to be insulting, Millicent. You ask for the truth. What do you do here all day? You sit here snuffling like a pig behind that desk, devouring everything that comes your way. You gulp down mines, factories, hotels, oil companies. Millicent, I'm in business. So is a pig, in the business of filling his belly. You have absolutely no idea of how business is conducted. I could understand it if you got joy out of it. If you bought and built things that held some meaning for you. But all you're doing is becoming the fattest pig in the farmyard. And you know what happens to that pig one day, don't you? Millicent... I ask you to marry me because I love you. Probably. But not enough, Roger. Not enough. Uh, you're looking at your watch again. I am not. It doesn't matter. There's nothing more to be said on the subject. Mrs. Beckles, it's back to business as usual. Goodbye, Roger. I'm not going to let you just walk out. Come back here. Millicent, you must listen to me. No, please. Please come back into the office. I listen to you. What do you have to say? I, I can't say it out here. Mr. Skipworth's office. Uh, just a moment. Sir, it's Mr. Pruitt. Don't tell him. Tell him it'll have to wait. Now, Millicent, please, listen. I'm listening. He says it can't wait. Huh? The Howell deal needs a yes or no right now, or it will blow up. Give me that phone. Pruitt, do you mean Howell is actually ready? Millicent, this will be the biggest deal of the year. You just have to give me a minute. Roger, I'll give you all of eternity. Millicent, please. What's that, Pruitt? All right, all right. Just bring me the figures. This is their annual report, Pruitt? Uh, yes, it is, R.S. Not enough new sales activity. Mm. When we take over, we'll put in more aggressive management. Make a note of that. Yes. And uh, another thing... Uh, yes? Uh, are you all right? Uh, yes. Yes, I'm... I'm feeling fine. Just let me get my breath. You've been having little incidents like these for quite a while now, R.S., Incidents like what? You seem breathless. Your face becomes flushed. I, I put in a full day, Pruitt. It's now 11.30. That's right. And the real estate people are due any minute. Where's that folder? Uh, I canceled that date. For what reason? Because I thought it necessary to make another one. With whom? The staff at the medical center. What have I to do with this? It's time for your physical examination. Now, look here, Pruitt. No one authorized you to make an appointment for me at the now, medical... You, you haven't had one in two years. I'll decide when I need an exam. It's corporate policy. All executives are to undergo complete physicals once a year. You made that rule yourself. I simply do not have time at this point. Well, you keep postponing yours. That's my affair. Reschedule the real estate people. All right. You're the boss. And see that you don't forget it. There's only one thing. What? The board of directors. You keep avoiding a physical, 
People start asking questions. Is he all right? Could something be wrong with him? That's nonsense. Meanwhile, you don't look too well. I tell you, there's nothing wrong with me. Of course not. So why not go to the clinic and have the doctors make it official? All right. All right, but I can't give them more than an hour. Everyone's all lined up and waiting. Make a fist, Mr. Skipworth. You'll feel a slight pinprick. Now, how long is this going to take? Take a deep breath and hold it. I was told I would be out of here in less than... Now, this beam of light with your right eye. But you just took blood. Just relax, Mr. Skipworth. Relax. Won't you sit down, Mr. Skipworth? I'm Dr. Muller. Doctor, I've spent too much time here already. Couldn't you simply send me a report? I don't think so. Will this take time? Time? Well, time is relative. Doctor, before we get into this, may I use your telephone? No. No. I must call my office. Someone has something very important to tell me. I don't think so. You don't think so? No one has anything more important to tell you than I do. But what's that? You're going to die. That's enough for one morning. Certainly. It's enough for one act. The day began with a bottom. And now, how much lower can you get? One thing is obvious. We have people in our story who lay it on the line. Millicent Sanford, and now, this Dr. Muller. The line extends into Act Two. Most people do not die in the midst of life, but rather toward the end of it. Most people in our society, anyhow, live to an old age. But evidently not Roger K. Skipworth. He's in the midst, the prime of life, and he's just received the death sentence. You're going to die, Mr. Skipworth. Me? But I can't die. And why not? Who is Roger K. Skipworth to assume that he can escape man's fate? No, no. What I meant was I... I can't die now. I have too many projects on the line. Why do you say I'm going to die? Here, look at the screen above my desk. Now, those are x-ray pictures of your heart. Your heart is dangerously enlarged, which is why you feel tired all the time. I do not feel tired all the time. Look, I'll make this as simple as I can. Your heart is enlarged because it's working too hard. Now, it's working too hard because your mitral valve, which controls the flow of blood between the left auricle and ventricle of your heart, is leaking. Leaking? I don't understand. Your mitral valve is barely 50% efficient, which means that your heart must work twice as hard. It gets twice as tired. It swells up, gets softer, spongier. Sooner or later, it has to give out. What is sooner or later? A year? A year? Six months? Perhaps even six weeks. And I'm going to die? Yes. Unless... You take steps to correct your current condition. What steps? We could replace the mitral valve in your heart. What does that mean? 
You know what that means. We would remove the valve you have now and give you a new one. Are such procedures common? I do at least three of them each week. Well, then it's routine. Mr. Skipworth, no open-heart surgery is ever routine. And it must be done, you say? Yes. Who... Who says so besides you? Every cardiologist on the staff. Your corporation finances this medical center. You should know the caliber of the people who work here. And how much time are we talking about? Ten days to two weeks in the hospital. Then at least a month of restricted activity at home. That adds up to six weeks. At a minimum. Well, how can I spend six weeks away from the office? Well, I'm sure your company can spare you for a month and a half, Mr. Skipworth. Do you know what can happen to me in six weeks, Doctor? I believe I told you. My heart can kill me. Yes, I know that. Mm. But I can also be killed in other ways if I disappear. Oh, you're not disappearing. You'll be in the hospital and then at least... I won't be at the office at my desk. I will not be making decisions. Obviously, someone else will have to do that for you. No one else can do that for me. If I'm alone and isolated and helpless, I can be destroyed. Are you telling me that there's absolutely no one in this world you can trust? <laughs> it isn't that simple, Dr. Muller. It shouldn't be that complicated. Pruitt, I'm going into the hospital for surgery next Monday. I know, R.S. Uh, what's that? This hmm, is a doll. It's a big-sized boy doll. But uh, what's all that stuff, the tubes, wires? I had all this explained to me. This is what I'm going to look like in the operating room. All these tubes and wires are going to be placed inside me. Oh, my. <laughs> I don't envy you. Afterward, I go to the intensive care place. And within 48 hours, all these things get taken out. <gasps> then they bring me up to my hospital room. I'm conscious. I can receive callers. I want you to report to me every day. Do you understand? But uh, the doctor said something about six weeks. I can't afford it. And let's not go into it, Pruitt. I'll be lying in bed. I'll be able to think. And that's all that's necessary, isn't it? Well, sir, you're the boss. That's right. Wherever I am, and however I feel, I'm the boss. And how do you feel this morning, Mr. Skipworth? How do I feel? You're pretty heavily sedated. But all the signs are good. There was a call I had to make. When this is over, you'll be 100% better. The leases. The oil leases. Uh, ready with the anesthesia? Let's go. 60,000. Skipworth, you made it. Doctor. No, 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 no. Don't try to talk. Phone call. Must make phone call. Not for a while, Mr. Skipworth. Not for a while. Mr. Skipworth, lie. I'll tell him. That was Pruitt. Mm. We could have the Hollowell stock. Good. 
Call Demarest and... Uh, excuse me, but this is a hospital, not an office. Is it all right for me to examine you, Mr. Skipworth? Uh, you, uh, you look good. How do you feel? There's a great deal of pain. As there must be. But I can manage it. Now, when can I be discharged? Now, let's see, this is the 11th day... Well, tomorrow, if you like. I can finally go home. Yes, but I would advise you to restrict your activity. Technically, medically, surgically, is my heart sound? Yes, as you put it, technically, medically, it's as sound as it can ever be. But it will take you a while to overcome the pain and fatigue. Let me worry about that, Doctor. I must say, Mr. Skipworth, you're one of a kind. Mrs. Speckled. Try Miss Sanford's number again. Uh, you wanted to see me, sir? Uh, sit down, Druitt. Yes. I was thinking about something Millicent Sanford said to me. Yes? Well, if she doesn't answer, try later. She said I never buy or build companies holds some special meaning for me. Well, you've always made solid investments, are But I never knew what most of the companies really did. Oh, I knew what business they were in. But I never knew or cared about what they made. The basic thing is the bottom line. Just once, I'd like to own a company that makes something that's important to me, personally. I've just been given what amounts to a new life by an artificial mitral valve in my heart. It's a device. Find out who makes it. Uh, what's it made of? I don't know. We never ask. Call Dr. Muller. Pruitt, is this your idea of a joke? I, I, I'm telling you exactly what Dr. Muller said. A pig? Yes, sir. I have a valve in my heart that comes from a pig. That's right, sir. Pruitt. Pruitt. What is it? Are you all right? Tell me if something's wrong, R.S. I'll call the doctor. <laughs> Who? Who laughed? No one, R.S. No one laughed. <laughs> it's Millicent. Millicent? Don't you hear? No, sir. I was right about you, wasn't I, Roger? I was right. See? Don't you feel like a pig? Millicent! R.S., what's wrong? And inside you... Aren't there all those pig-like longings? Aren't you beginning to feel them? How did you know, Millicent? How did you know? I'm calling the doctor. Get the car, Pruitt. Well. Millicent, I'm coming in. I must talk to you. I... I heard you had an operation. You seem to be in fine shape. Uh, uh, won't you sit down? Millicent, do you remember what you called me? What? You called me a pig, didn't you? Yes. Uh, yes, I did. Why, Millicent? Well, I thought I explained it. What did you know? About what? About the piggishness of my nature. I was only remarking on your behavior. Oh, no, Millicent. It goes deeper than that. Deeper? In what way? In, in the 
physiological way. Roger, I really can't follow you. How were you able to see it? See what? Or sense it. I've never seen you like this. You're genuinely distressed. Oh. Oh, Can it be that you're human after all? Well, I I always thought I was human. Completely human. Roger, can't you tell me what you're talking about? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's just something I sense. Something I feel. Uh, Explain it. I can't. Why not? Because... There isn't any language for it. That is, any human language. Did you discuss this with Dr. Muller? I don't even know Dr. Muller. How did he know to do it? How did he know to do it? I do it all the time. I always use the micro valve of the pig. I don't believe it, Doctor. You got together with her. With whom? Millicent Sanford. Sorry, I don't know a Millicent Sanford. Miss Sanford called me a pig. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Being a strong-minded woman, she was determined to make that epithet come true. And so she, obviously, is determined to turn me physically into a pig. (sighs) Mr. Skipworth, the facts. Wherever possible, we use the mitral valve of a pig. It most closely resembles the mitral valve of a human being and is practically interchangeable. I don't believe it. You're saying that installing this valve from a pig is a usual procedure? A standard procedure. I see. Then why do I feel... Why do you feel what? It's nothing. Nothing at all. I I can't explain it. Pruitt. What are you doing here? Well, it's Saturday the 9th, sir. Time we were leaving. Where? Today's the big company barbecue. I'm not at all interested. Oh, you have to put an appearance, R.S. Why? Why? Because, obviously, it's the democratic thing to do. Ruid, I don't give a... Oh, everybody goes to these things. And besides, if the board of directors see you there, then they'll know you're completely recovered. All right. All right, all right. But it's all foolishness. Is it much further? Oh, relax. It's a lovely day in the country. Ah, here's where we turn in. The company took over this whole picnic area for the day. Let's park. Oh, yes, Mrs. Speckle. I'm so glad you could come. Mmm, smell that. It's almost ready. Oh, I can hardly wait. Smell what? The barbecue. What barbecue? Oh, you can see it. Just past the table. See the pit? And those enormous three pigs that are being broiled. Pigs? Yes, of course. Aren't those the biggest hogs you ever saw in your life? Hogs? Folks are lining up now. Oh, shall I bring you a platter, sir? What part would you like? What part of... of what? Of the pig, of course. Mrs. Speckle, do you think I would actually eat any part of a pig? Oh, it's delicious. What kind of barbarian? What kind of savage do you think I am? Now, R.S., you want to relax. Why why don't you just go on ahead, Mrs. Speckle? Oh, yes, sir. A barbecue. A barbecue. Big barbecue. 
No, Pruitt. I have to put a stop to this. Who knows how that picnic is going to turn out after all? You listen to Mr. Roger K. Skipworth, and this thing is beginning to sound like a family affair. Well, many barbecues like these are. But in how many of them does one of the guests feel related to the main dish? Is pig, said Mr. Ellis Parker Butler in a celebrated short story written, was it almost a hundred years ago? Yes, just about. Well, certainly things have changed over the past century. Pigs may still be pigs, but obviously they seem to have become a great deal more, especially to some people. I'm going to put a stop to this. Please, R.N. I'm serious. Don't make a scene. I don't care. But you have to care. I am being outraged. By what? By... By... What a difference. You wouldn't understand it. No, I wouldn't. And even more important, neither would the board of directors. What do I care about the board of directors? I'll get another one. Of course you will. But if you make a scene, think of the consequences, sir. The press is here. Can you afford to be labeled a nut? Now, just stick around a few minutes. Greet a few people, shake a few hands, nibble at a platter of barbecue. Don't say that! Well, just to show you're a regular fellow. Give me the keys to the car. I'm leaving. Is this your farm? Mine and the banks. Thinking of buying it? Do you, do you have pigs? Well, what kind of pigs are you looking for? Oh, just pigs. Well, sir, there ain't just pigs. You got your great whites, your Tamworths, your Berkshires, and your Poland Chinas. Do you suppose I could see them? Oh, I don't think they'd mind. Just be on the barn. Right there, where I keep them penned in. You see? Each one of them styes has a covered part in an open court. And I want to tell you, I keep the place spotless. I see. Who's that one? Oh, him? <laughs> He's Big Daddy. Just look at him eat. Ain't it just awesome? I'm going to enter him into the fair. He can fatten up to half a ton easy. And then, what'll happen to him? Oh, he's a Chester White. He'll go mostly for lard and bacon. Oh. And what will happen to his heart? His heart? Specifically, his mitral valve. Oh, I wouldn't know what that was. These days, they can find uses for everything. What, what's he... What are they all eating? Well, a lot of folks feed them slops. Not me. I give them mostly meal. Meal? You make a mash. I like bran myself. And you mix in some cooked potatoes. Sounds delicious. They like it. Mix in some raw roots, maybe some sour whey, and now and then some coal ashes. Oh, yes, yes. They, they're all... Beautiful, aren't they? Yep. There's something real handsome about a pig. I... 
I would like to take them all home with me. Well, they're for sale, you know. Yes. But you see, there's the board of directors. What's that? You've been very kind. I thank you for everything. And goodbye. Goodbye to all of you. Pruitt, you have the Littlefield options? Uh, right here, R.S. Plans for the Morris merger? They're being drawn up now. Oh, let's see, what else? I have a whole list here. Oh, have you? Of course. Oh, Lord. Read it off. Are you all right, R.S.? Why wouldn't I be all right? You look tired. Oh, for some reason, I'm a little sleepy. Is it hot in here? I don't think so. I just... I just can't, for some reason, seem to keep my eyes open. Skipper? Roger K. Skipper? Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm Roger K. Skipper. Come with me. Who are you? Don't you remember me? I'm the pig lady. Oh, yes. Yes, the pig lady. Come with me. Where? To the farm. To the pig pen. Me? I just sold Big Daddy. How'd you like to be my new Big Daddy? Me? Why not you? I got better grub for you to eat. What are you feeding on here? Factories, oil wells, stock, bonds, stuff like that? Where's the nourishment in it? But you're only going to fat me up for the slaughter. So what? That's your fate, ain't it? You're getting fat to get slaughtered one day here, too, ain't you? One day the wolves will come in and cut you up, chew you down, and spit you out. So you come. Be safe. Be Big Daddy at my place. Oh, now, listen. I'm not a pig. Yes, you are a pig. No. Listen to your heartbeat. Listen how the blood passes from your left auricle to your left ventricle through that mitral valve. That valve comes from one of your own brothers, one of my own pigs. That doesn't mean a thing. Other people have that same kind of valve. But they ain't pigs to begin with. Listen to that valve. Don't you hear what it's saying? I don't hear anything. Listen to the rhythm. Brian mash and cooked potatoes. Brian mash and cooked potatoes. I don't hear it. Brian mash and cooked potatoes. I don't hear it. We're sour away and cold ashes. Aris. Wake up, Aris. What? What? You, you fell asleep, sir. You, you must have had a nightmare. Brian mash and cooked potatoes. What's that? That's nothing. Nothing at all. Roger, I'm afraid I don't know what to say to you. No, please listen to me, Millicent. You were right. I'm a pig. Maybe it's natural for some of us to take after certain animals. After all, we do call various people snakes, skunks, dogs, and so forth, don't we? Well, yeah. I, I know what I'm doing now is absolutely hoggish. You described it. 
the way I just seem to want to devour everything. I'm sorry you made me say that, Roger. No, 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 it was good. It opened up my eyes. I want to change. Do you, Roger? Really? Yes. Yes. I have, right here in my heart, a vital part of a pig. And now it's a vital part of me. But there are thousands of people who have the same implant. It doesn't affect them in any way. I know, I know, I know. But it's different in my case. Why? Because it must be responding to something that's piggish in my nature. Oh, nonsense. That valve, it sets up a certain rhythm. What sort of rhythm? Oh, please, Millicent, don't even make me try to explain Roger, that valve has nothing to do with any feelings of piggishness. But I tell you, Millicent... It's all in your head. But why do I get these... these sensations? Roger, let's go and see Dr. Muller. Mrs. Skipworth, I told you some time ago that you were a badly overworked man. And you would probably have to pay some price insanity for it. But, Doctor, it's so real. It can't be real. I tell you, I am responding to... to the pig in that mitral valve. Impossible. Don't humor me, Doctor. It's a matter of fact. You have to be able to prove a fact. And I can. Yes, that valve was removed from the heart of a pig. It was a functioning part of the living heart of a pig. Now, you don't deny that. No. But you see, Mr. Skipworth, changes took place in that valve. It is now merely a piece of lightless, inert, artificial material. But it was part of a pig. There is nothing left of the pig in your valve. There is no, well, what do you want to call it? Racial memory. There's nothing living in the valve? It is merely a piece of the functioning machinery of your body. And nothing else. Now, please, stop working so hard. And that's what Dr. Muller said. Yes. You see, it was all a kind of reaction to the life I'd been leading. The life of a pig. I never knew it was the life of a pig until you gave it that name. Well, I am sorry I caused you all this trouble. But, Millicent, only you could have caused it. You see, if someone else had called me a pig, I could have shrugged it off. But when the woman I love confronted me with it, it must have dug deep. Well, face it, Roger. You did behave like a pig. Yes, I see that. And now, Roger... Now I don't have to devour things like a pig anymore, as far as business is concerned. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. There's so much more to the world than just... just devouring. Do you know, with all my money, I've never really gone anywhere? Roger, you've traveled all over the world. But I didn't see anything. I went from airport to airport, from hotel to hotel... And all I did was sign pieces of papers, which gave me controlling interests in stores and factories and things and places I never even visited. And there's so much to see. I know, I know. And so much to do. Let's do it all together, Millicent. I've got to get away from behind that desk. I know, Roger. No, no, dearest, you don't know. No one really knows. And I could never make anyone understand. All I can say is, I've got to get away from there. Because it's like being in a pigsty. Well, that's... Good enough. <laughs> All this talk has made me hungry. <laughs> me too. I'm starved. Mmm. Mmm. What a fantastic menu. 
What would you like? Oh, I don't know. How about some shrimp ayab? Cocoa brioche? Mmm. How about some moor manier? I was thinking of something simple. Simple? Now, why not? How about lobster? I don't know. Roast duck? Boiled chicken? Mmm, some lamb chops. Mmm, no. Well, it's a large menu. Look it over. I have. And you don't see anything you like? Nope. Well, Roger, what are you in the mood for? Well, my dear, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I'm really in the mood for. Some nice bran mash and cooked potatoes. Bran mash and cooked potatoes? And sour whey and coal ashes. Roger, what are you saying? the old proverb, there's no accounting for taste. And you must admit, it's an interesting and probably nourishing diet. What will this do to the relationship between Roger and Millicent? I can't say. But I would assume that if he only eats like a pig, he'll be all right. But if he behaves like a pig, he'll be in trouble. Meanwhile, you keep out of trouble until I return. become a synonym for everything and everyone unpleasant. We feed him till he's ready to burst because we want to fatten him up for our own purposes. And then we call him greedy. Yes, it's always open season on a pig. But before we become too cavalier about him, it might be good to consider that of all the animals, his heart is the one that's most like our own in many vital respects. Our cast included Louis Turenne, Patricia Elliott, Joan Shea, and Sam Gray. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Raven House Paperback Mysteries. This is Tammy Grimes inviting you to return to our Mystery Theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.